1: All the galaxies,
0: all for you.
1: Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the IPC podcast, broadcasting live right here on Facebook Live and YouTube. And I'm sorry, I can't really get through this, all right? I can't, all right? I can't contain myself, okay? Because something has happened. He's back. He's back! Ladies and gentlemen, he has returned. Somehow, Zach Arnold has returned.
0: Welcome back, my friend. Did you miss me? <laughs> I missed you the guys. The
1: yes. The answer is very much Yes.
0: Oh my gosh! So much has happened in the last couple of months, and uh, I know that you guys have covered a lot as well. And I, I, I'm hoping not to rehash stuff too, too much because uh, there are there are a few things that I have just recently seen that you guys have done reviews on. And so, uh, you know, I, I I want to like get caught up with you guys, like personally in the chat. Um, I I want to I want to get caught up. Uh, with you Ben, and, and find out like what the most exciting thing about the fall uh, season has been. We're gonna cover a few of those tonight with things like the the, the the trailer for No Way Home that has everybody talking on the internet and stuff. I mean this yeah. is, this has been a crazy fall, not just for movies and TV but like for me personally as well. Um, for those of you who don't know, the reason I was away is because I was doing um, a side hustle of sorts. And I was doing football broadcasts every Friday night for the last uh, 10 or 11 weeks. And so um, it's been it's been kind of kind of crazy going to the the playoffs and getting some really nice, awesome sponsorships and stuff like that uh, to help cover the costs of it. And um, over the course of the 2021 season, we played. Um, 11 games, if you include the playoff game that we had. So we had 10 regular season games and a playoff game. We finished with 6,452 listens over the course of those wow. 11 games, wow. which gives us an average of, I want to say almost 587 listens per game, which is way, way higher than what our numbers were a season ago, like 68% higher than the listenership we had a year ago. So there was just a ton of growth. Amazing. There there was a, there was a ton of excitement. Um, my dad was helping me on the broadcast. And so we had some really Saw great family time stuff. And so just a lot of adventures, but I'm excited to like adventure back into the sci-fi and pop culture world with you guys. Cause this is something that's been a part of me since 2014 and to, have these breaks every fall it crushes me but it also excites me when i get to come back
1: yeah it's it look it's been fun without you i i will admit we've had some great uh guest hosts that have taken your place and have done an amazing job and thanks to everyone they have um chad joel um steven so many So many awesome people.
0: Everybody that has stepped in in my stead as a rock star because, you know, I'm not like Jesse,
1: Jesse Bennett. How can I forget? uh
0: I'm I'm not I'm not knocking on Jake. But like one of these years when I did (laughs) this, Jake was kind of like our, our third member of the team. And so we were able to have two out of three even when I had to step away and then you had to carry the load this fall and i i don't have the words to thank you properly for for setting that up and for communicating with the phantom empire team to get everything good to go every couple of weeks to to keep pumping out quality stuff even while i'm away like it's it's a testament that the show must go on you know and and you guys uh, epitomized that for the last several months but i'm i'm very very excited to be back
1: well Thank you very much for that um, and thanks for coming back. thanks for coming back. thanks for <laughs> you know it, it was it, i'm I'm so excited for like what you're doing with your with your day job um all that stuff uh, just amazing I see the broadcast and I'm like, man, you know that's that's awesome and, and hearing all the stats great, mm-hmm. incredible stuff you're doing some important stuff and I can't can couldn't be prouder but uh, it's good to have you back and we've got a lot to catch up on because some things that even when you while you were gone we haven't had a chance to actually discuss in detail um we've gotten to some pretty interesting topics but there's a lot happening if you didn't already know and uh we got a new spider-man trailer um we got some new marvel movies like three of them since we last spoke um and it's been a lot um so How we were going to do this, we're like, okay, there's so much. How do we tackle it all? And we're like, why don't we just do it rapid fire? Why don't we just try to tackle it all? Just get it all in one episode. We'll just catch up, and then next week we'll be caught up, and we'll be fine. So that's kind of what we're going to do tonight Um, is do that. Um, And we'll try to explain, like, how we're going to do this. It's going to be interesting, and it's going to put pressure on us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So normally an IPC program has one topic maybe two, and uh we we take our time, you know, dissecting it and breaking it apart and looking at as many different aspects as we can. And those are always really great episodes. Um, But like you said, there's a lot to discuss and you can kind of see in the background, one of the big things to talk about is the return of the Spinosaurus. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that beauty in 20 years and we we got a really, really great couple of shots in the Camp Cretaceous season four trailer that dropped not too long ago. So that's gonna be a topic of conversation this evening as well. But I'm looking at our show notes and I'm counting, let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight topics minimum, possibly eleven, depending on how much time we've got. <laughs> if we tried to devote like two hours to every discussion like we usually do, we're never getting through this. So we're gonna be literally all night, which I mean I wouldn't have a problem
1: in, with normally speaking, but uh, you know I gotta sleep tonight.
0: Yeah, I do too. I got I got stuff to do tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that. Anyways, um, so what we're gonna do is we're going to set ten minute timers for each conversation piece. Ten minutes flat. That's all we've got when we hit like 9 minutes we're going to jump into like our concluding thoughts our final you know the last little zingers that we want to get into and that's it that that's that's the end of it i i've seen talk shows that do this i've seen like sport debate shows even when you're doing like regular uh like like um presidential debates and stuff they've got timers for how long they can give their their responses and they've got timers for how long each topic is going to be so We're going to try what we're calling a rapid fire discussion. A lot of other podcasts and other YouTube shows will do these rapid fire discussions, and they only give you like five minutes to talk about it. We're going to try and stretch it out to 10, see how that goes, and then maybe we'll go from there. But as Joel is alluding to in the chat, he's like, get to the Spider-Man talk, get to the Spider-Man talk. And then he's like, wait, only 10 minutes to talk about Spider-Man? Well, Joel, imagine how I must feel, because I'm having to share time with this guy over here, So I only get five minutes out of that ten. <laughs> five <laughs> minutes per person. Basically. I mean, we'll, we'll have a dialogue, obviously, but the, the the entire conversation is just ten minutes. And we'll go from Spider-Man to something else, and then from that to something else. And we'll see how far we can go before we're like, all right, we're done. we got to call it a night. So if you want to follow along while you're listening or if you're watching live, we're going to set timers, we'll do a 321 countdown and then we'll go and then we'll start talking about the conversation. So if there's something that, you know, has spoilers in it that you don't want to hear spoilers about, you'll know exactly how far to skip. You'll skip exactly 10 minutes from whatever this point is. And it'll be like, okay, they're done talking about it. So now it's time for the next piece. So I think it's really great for like show structure because if say we're talking about the Eternals and somebody hasn't seen the Eternals, all you got to do is fast forward 10 minutes. Or if you're watching live, you just got to like, you know, mute it for 10 minutes. And then, you know, the timer goes off, boom, onto the next conversation. So we'll see how this goes. But Spider-Man is the first topic of conversation. Ben, if you've got your uh your timer, oh. your stopwatch on your phone ready to go. Yep. Um, I've got mine. So uh we'll we'll do a three-two-one countdown. We'll hit start on one, and uh we'll 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 just see how much Spider-Man we can cover in ten minutes. Are you ready? I'm
1: beyond ready.
0: Oh man, I'm so ready. Three, two. One. All right, we got 10 minutes to talk about what is quite possibly one of the most amazing trailers in the last 10 years. It had so much going on in it from multiple universes. You get stuff from the Tobey Maguire universe with, with Dr. Octavius giving you exactly. his full name and Tom Holland and Zendaya just laughing at it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, 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 really. Oh, well, what's, what's your real name? Come on, be honest with me. But then. You see Sandman, you see Electro, you see the Green Goblin, you you see Doctor Strange possibly turning into like almost a, 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 I wouldn't say a villain of sorts, but he's definitely got some antagonistic tendencies that almost seem to imply that the way to fix this universe and send them all back to their universes is to what? Kill Spider-Man? Like, so much to unpack from this. Where do you start, man?
1: I don't know. It, and, and it's like, there's so much in this trailer. They did show us a lot. They showed us pretty much, we're assuming all the villains and, but there's so much other stuff that's like been rumored and leaked. And I won't get into that in case you haven't heard those leaks, mm-hmm. but it seems like this is just the tip of the iceberg. This trailer was enough. There's enough. of. A, there's a movie in this trailer. And yep. like, if there's more, I can't even imagine what this movie's actually going to be like. But getting kind of the full-on confirmation of all the villains, we got Jimmy Fox back as Electro, we got uh, seemingly Thomas Hayden Church as the Sandman, we got the other guy as Lizard, we got, uh, obviously, Willem Dafoe as uh, Green Goblin, and then, of course, uh, the legendary uh, Alfred Merlina as as Dr. Octopus, just, like, an uh, all-star cast, and then it's like, oh, yeah, maybe there's some other stuff happening, like, what? This is enough! We got almost a Sinister Six here, like, this
0: is crazy! Okay, that's the thing I wanted to touch on because I only counted five villains. But one of the biggest trends in Spider-Man, particularly in the comics, is a fight against a group called the Sinister Six. We only have five out of the six. So is there another one hidden away somewhere that maybe we just haven't seen in the trailers yet? Here's the deal. Have you seen the new trailer for um, Morbius? From the Sony Marvel Universe? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you who have seen it, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Unfortunately, I can't spoil it for Ben. I promised not to, to cover spoilers that <laughs> that he hasn't been spoiled to yet.
1: I don't. Personally, I don't oh.
0: care. So if you're just worried about me, spoil away. Uh, okay. Uh, Michael Keaton's in the Morbius trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard this.
0: Keaton's in the Morbius trailer. Which is mind-boggling for me personally, like there's so many things about that that I would want to talk about, Um, but I think it's very possible to see the Vulture return in this movie, and they're just keeping him hidden away, and the reason why we see him in the Morbius trailer is because he ends up there as a result of what happens in this film. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that is that is that is part of my speculation. The people that are in this universe that are part of the MCU storylines that are attached to Spider-Man will end up in Sony's Marvel Universe by the end of the film.
1: Yeah, it, it's quite possible. And then I don't want to give away I haven't seen Venom too. But I know some spoilers. Yep, and there's also stuff going on with Venom, and you're like, could he show up? You know, could things we could have the return of the Vulture? We could have Venom. There's many different possibilities here, um, of villains that could show up. And then I think the you know what is Scorpion? He was set up in Homecoming. Like he's still out there. Mysterio probably is still out there. Yep. Like we could have uh, literally like all the villains. From we could have, the like, universe have show
0: up. We could have everybody show up. And and here's the other thing that I heard too is that um due to due to COVID and and certain delays and such, um, Doctor Strange was actually supposed to come out before this movie. Really? That that was that was something that I heard, I think from Deadline, that that the the order of the films was supposed to be Multiverse of Madness first and then Spider-Man. But because, well, because of certain delays and reshoots that they had to do um, they ended up moving up the Spider-Man project by a couple of months so that you would get some kind of Christmas content. They knew Doctor Strange wasn't going to be ready by Christmas, but they knew that Spider-Man would be. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm really, really curious to see what kind of stuff is theoretically attached to the events of uh, Multiverse of Madness because I feel like these are, these are going to be two-parters. I feel like there are going to be repercussions from one that end up affect the, affecting the other. Cause they're currently reshooting multiverse of madness with Benedict Cumberbatch, like I've as that. week. So I feel like some of those reshoots are, are, yeah, due to COVID delays, but I feel like some of them are also as a way of kind of retweaking the storyline in order to conform to the events of no way home.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting how, cause I feel like they're kind of creating this multiverse arc that started in Loki Mm-hmm. And now we're going on into No Way Home. Well, I mean, kind of, kind of. I mean, you could even say it kind of went back to Wandavision. Um, th- some of those teases. Right. Um, but then going further into Multiverse of Madness, where Wanda's going to come back, possibly. No, definitely, she's in the movie. We know that. Yeah, but yeah, like
0: yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's already been cast in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah,
1: yeah, That's she's hard. like thing. So, like, I'm curious, like, if what you're saying is accurate, like, and I've heard that too, that they could be like reshooting it to fix kind of some things and kind of reshape multiverse of madness to fit in with the new timeline Mm -hmm. and you know, whatever outcome this is. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe, maybe kind of the crux of this movie is that like, he's helping Spider-Man and then he gets like sucked into a portal and like gets, goes on a multiverse adventure and Spider-Man has to figure this stuff out on his own. And then we pick up with strange later um you know doing his multiverse of madness thing so there's a lot so much I'm in, sure. in the, the future who who knows what's gonna happen
0: uh, apparently peter's wish that people would forget he's spider-man created some sort of fissure in the multiverse and the the problem currently in this film is that there are villains and visitors from the multiverse showing up in their universe But I think what could happen in Doctor Strange is something very much like the um, the magician's nephew from the Chronicles of Narnia, where, Mm -hmm. like, Strange becomes the one teleporting into other realities. And so this one, you're getting visitors in the Marvel universe in Multiverse of Madness. Strange is the visitor in other universes.
1: Yeah, I think that I I am picturing Multiverse of Madness being like this, this just not globe trotting but multiverse trotting movie yeah. where you're just jumping yeah. dimension after dimension after dimension, um visiting all these strange new things, which I'm I'm so excited for. But I think Spider-Man is going to be more about like um you know getting all this kind of like this Spider-Man centric stuff, multiverse stuff just coming together. And they're calling this Spider-Man Endgame. Like that's what they're behind the scenes calling this. Yeah. So it's gonna be a big deal. And also kind of they're kind of talking about it as kind of the end of the trilogy. So like you could have some major deaths scenes in here. Who knows? Well, obviously th- they're teasing MJ possibly dying. I don't think that's going to happen, but it might. Who knows?
0: So here's the speculation among my circles with that particular fall. And I want to see what you think about this because we're at mm-hmm. eight minutes now. So we got two minutes to kind of wrap up this conversation. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy how fast <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. But there is a theory going around that it is not tom holland's hand that is reaching out to save her in the final cut of that trailer thoughts on that i've
1: i've heard some rumblings i've heard some things about maybe possibly another spider-man swooping in to save the day perhaps doing the thing that he couldn't do in another movie couldn't save that other person exactly
0: Exactly. So, yeah,
1: there's there's a lot.
0: There's like a, a redemption of it. There's also like the nostalgia attached to it, dude. There is so much nostalgia attached to this because uh, my girlfriend Edna and I watched the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man one the other day just because we were getting so excited about Green Goblin and all these other returning yeah. characters. I swear to God, dude, there is more cheese in that movie than the state of Wisconsin. <laughs>
1: Oh man, they yeah, they're they're like early 2000s movies like straight up. There's no denying it.
0: And the way they're bringing all of this together is going to make those movies go from cheesy to awesome. They're going to find a way to tie it all together and just make it an amazing experience. And I am I'm here for all of it.
1: And like the joke with like Otto Octavius saying I'm Otto Octavius like, "Oh, what's your real name?" Like that's just like the the you know, the crashing of like the cheesiness versus like the kind of Sweeto seriousness of yep. like the MCU trying to, like, oh, we try to take this stuff seriously. Nah, this is ridiculous stuff.
0: It's um, it's it's ridiculous, but also ridiculously exciting. We're at 10 minutes. There it is. We promised 10 minutes was it for our rapid fire discussion. Uh long story short, I'm excited for this movie. I am buying tickets like opening night. Like that Thursday, that Thursday, I am like um, packing to go out of town that Friday. (laughs) And I'm already making plans with my people that we're going to pause the packing process and go watch that movie that Thursday night and then come back. So like, this is a top priority for me next month. I'm very excited.
1: Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, this is going to be like, I managed to see Far From Home on opening day a Mm. few years ago. I'm hoping I can manage that again because that was amazing. And this movie is like, You're gonna want to see it on the first day because it's gonna get spoiled the crap out of online. You're just gonna want to stay off online. Oh yeah, so much stuff. There's already stuff everywhere online.
0: When 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 Thursday hits, you gotta like go into hiding until you see the movie because it will get spoiled for you. Stay off
1: Twitter. Stay off YouTube.
0: Stay off all that. Come
1: to YouTube to watch our show, but like everything else, stay
0: off of literally everything. Like
1: bookmark our channel. Bookmark Phantom Empire, and just come here and don't go anywhere else.
0: Right, because we're pretty good about spoiler-free reviews and initial impressions and stuff, but there's a lot of places that aren't. So, all right, time to hit the reset button on the uh, the ten-minute timer. Yeah. We're on to our next topic for the evening, and that is actually one that has been discussed here on the IPC podcast, but is not one that I have gotten to discuss.
1: Well, we actually we didn't get into it much. we really, no? I haven't talked about it much. OK, I, I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this probably just as much as you have. So I think this great. is going to be and maybe we'll come back to this. I think any of these discussions, we might come back to them. If you guys really want us to do like a full on discussion. Yes, but this is a good way for how to kind of kind of skip through these things and mm-hmm. go through. We might even do this in the future because there's always news and there's always a million things happening at once. So like this is a great kind of test run for this new concept.
0: Absolutely. But fair warning from here on out. This is a spoiler alert. Like, we're going to be doing full-on spoilers about Shang-Chi. We're going to be doing full-on spoilers about the Eternals. I may even give a couple of spoilers about Ghostbusters Afterlife if we get to talk about it because there's just so much in that movie to unpack as well. So I'm just saying it now so I don't have to say it again. Spoiler alert. Once the timer starts, just just skip ahead or or, right. or set your own timer and
1: then come back if you're watching live. You know, I think this works pretty well.
0: Yep, yep. All right. 10 minutes on the timer are you good to go? Ready I, I I got your message. I just haven't been able to multitask well enough to uh, to, to be able to respond but you no, see you, you, you seem good for now
1: I'm okay. Um, oh, okay, full disclosure. I usually set up my internet correctly. It's mm-hmm. wired. I'm on Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is not good. Okay, yeah. so if I start, like, acting up people in the chat, if you see me, like, going, like, all pixelated, let me know. Um, put some top hats down there. That's the international sign for Ben's internet is going crappy. Um, <laughs> so uh, if it starts going weird, just, like, I'll step away for, like, a minute and just, like, fix it. I'm going to go with it right now. though.
0: Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully it'll last, but we'll see. Um, all right. Ten minutes on the clock for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in three, two, one. Okay, this is this is one of those movies that I really didn't have, like, a whole lot of expectations for. I, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know a whole lot about the characters. Um, I, I knew that there was going to be, like, an epic bus scene. Right. And, and I knew that there would be, like, a particular cameo from something way, way back. Um, but other than that, I really didn't know what to expect from this movie. And I was pleasantly surprised by the entertainment factor. Yeah. You know, it didn't necessarily have the the type of stakes that you've come to expect from a traditional Marvel movie and it didn't have like a broad scope like we've come to expect from things like Infinity War and Endgame like even Guardians of the Galaxy has gotten to have like a really really big scope these days. Yeah. But but this one is is more localized and and I really hate to do anything in the lines of like racial stereotyping but it's it's very the tone and the isolation to me is actually very similar to black panther and and i and i don't mean to say that in a in a racial stereotype
1: <laughs> no, i think i think this is this, this is painting. black panther for it's asians totally. i think i think that's completely fair i think that's I, the reactions from from asian people that i've seen online has been that that like this is our movie like this is right. great."
0: right it's about representation it's about culture it's about history it's about all of these things that has really been lacking outside of you know Wong being Benedict Cumberbatch's um co-star like outside of that there really hasn't been a whole lot and then you get all of it in this movie and and you get some really really great cast members like Aquafina crushes it in this (laughs) movie he's
1: great She's okay
0: I I really the only other thing that I had ever seen from Aquafina I didn't really know her content before Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah, that that, I mean, yeah. that was that was about it. I didn't really know much about her, but the the way that she carries herself as like the co-star slash comedic relief in this film is awesome. She does a really really great job of giving you heart when you need heart and giving you a laugh when you need a laugh. Like she she really helps balance out this movie in ways that I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny to kind of oppose you on this. Like, I had oh. massive expectations. Oh, okay.
0: Going in. Like okay. I was We're gonna super... like Aquafina there for a second. And I was like,
1: <laughs> no, I mean? hate Aquafina. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. I'm more <laughs> of a
0: zani <design-y> person, anyways.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. But I had like huge expectations. This is one of the movies that I was looking forward to the most this year, um and I think it really lived up to it. Like it's it's really strong especially as a kind of a first movie um you know first standalone movie it's connected the mcu there are obvious connections but it's not trying to hit you over the head with it it's basically telling its own story yes it's trying to kind of deal with some baggage it's trying to fix some of the previous mistakes with the mandarin and the iron man (laughs) 3 debacle um, I think they handled it very well, and I think I love the the bringing back uh Sir Ben Kingsley as uh Pat uh, Slattery and you know Trevor like that was great. I, I loved him in this. Um, I I love the martial arts aspect. You know the the bus oh, yeah. scene is amazing. I just recently it was on it's on Disney Plus now. Yep. I'm back and just watch that scene again, that, and that, then I that, ended up that. watching like a good chunk of the rest of the movie because right. it's great. But like the bus scene is great. Um getting into like the scaffolding in you know the big skyscraper is great. That whole scene is wonderful. Um, I'm not as even though like I love that they, like they just go full bore into the fantastical elements. They we have two dragons and it's just crazy at the end. Like I love that they do that. I'm not as invested in that personally. Um, I'm not the movie kind of kind of loses its luster for me personally, but it's it's I think it's still really strong and um, what it does, and with the Ten Rings and all this kind of stuff, you know, making Wenwu this really kind of complicated villain, um, I think one of the best villains we've gotten in the MCU, MCU so far. Um, it's just really, it's a really fun movie. It's a really fun movie.
0: It, it really is. Um, and, and like I said, the entertainment factor is is really, really high in this film, from the action sequences to the the types of adventures that you go on to the Iron Man 3 plot twist You know, there's a lot of different elements that, you know, on their own, individually, may feel kind of jarring, but somehow they were able to blend them together in a way that didn't feel forced, that didn't feel like it was trying to do any kind of stereotyping or conform to any kind of trope. Like, it was just very respectful, looking at... People's ancestry and and looking at the way that they used to um, perform combat, looking at um, the way Internet trends work, people being on their phones constantly. And, you know, that bus fight scene going viral and all of a sudden Shang-Chi goes from, you know, being a valet to being famous on YouTube under the moniker bus boy you know there there's just a lot of, of really really great components that find a way to to blend together and and make for a really fun film and so uh, I don't really have very many like critiques or complaints about this movie because everything that they kind of set themselves out to do they accomplished and they they had enough out there to, Find a way to tie them into the Avengers without having to like address the Avengers directly. The only thing they really Mm mention is all of the the people that are able to come back from the snap. You know, there there are some repercussions from Endgame, but it's not like you have to go watch Endgame in order to enjoy and appreciate this film. You know, I, I
1: think this is a good introductory film for the MCU. I think someone could watch this and. For their first MCU film ever, and still get a lot out of
0: it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, the, like I said, the representation, the action, the the comedic relief, all the different components that you need in order to to carry any movie. Really, like any action movie, any um any adventure film, you need to have a, a good star and co star, and they they had that with Simu Liu and Aquafina. Yeah. You need you need good um sets. And they, they had that with, like you said, the skyscraper and um, Talo, I think is what they call it. The, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Mystical area. Um, you know, they they do that with all of these different things. And it, it makes for a, a solid film. It, what's funny is the Ten Rings don't really play as big of a role as I thought they would. and And, you know, they still serve their purpose. And there's some pretty cool, like close combat scenes towards the end of the film, but it's not like the Ten Rings make or break this movie. It's the characters that make this movie. And I think that's one of the things I really respect about it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the Ten Rings, I mean, obviously, it's a big part of his father's story, but, you know, it's not until the end when he gets them. Um, I wasn't even sure he was going to get him, you know. I, I think he's... Shang-Chi as a character seems... Seems off without the rings too. Like he's he's pretty powerful as is. He can he can take care of himself. He doesn't necessarily need them. But uh, you know, setting it up and, and getting the the Carol Danvers and uh uh Hulk, which is he's not Hulk anymore for some reason cameo. Very uh um, you know, it's gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, like I I did appreciate the 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 Danvers appearance and 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 just the just the kind of introducing the characters from Shang-Chi, introducing them to the Avengers. Like that, that mid credit scene was the bridge. Um, and it gives you the possibility of, you know, calling for them and recruiting them into some other film if the need arises. It's entirely possible that we could see them in Multiverse of Madness because Wong is in the Spider-Man trailer and I have a very strong feeling he's going to be in the Doctor Strange film. If they they need to, I bet we could see them uh, show back up in Multiverse of Madness. One thing that I see a lot of possibilities uh, for this phase is interconnectivity. I think we're going to see a lot of characters crossing over from one movie to the next, and this could be something that kind of like sets the stage for that.
1: Yeah, I just I love the whole that whole fight ring thing. You see extremist soldiers in there. Um, there's Black Widows in there. You got <laughs> Emma Blonsky. They brought back Abomination, which was crazy. Yep. Um, just further, just like hey. You didn't like the Incredible Hulk movie? Well, too bad. It's canon, <laughs> and uh, the fact that like Wong, okay, all right, all right. This is this, the timer's
0: up. uh oh! I thought that was um. your cat telling you that you needed to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I heard this. I heard this. Row. Rao! And I was thought like,
1: about the fact, it's the Death Star alarm, by the way. But right. like, it kind of sounds like a cat. It sounds like a
0: row row from a distance. I thought it was a cat. I was like. <laughs> I was like, dude, you've got a really talkative cat telling you that it's their dinner time. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! Yeah, if I was at home, which I'm not, um, that would be the case because they'd be like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing? You did podcasting? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time
0: for me to eat." Right. Oh, no, man. that that's that's my that's my family's dog. Sometimes, like, if my if my brother's so much as like 10 to 15 <laughs> minutes late feeding her, like she's got a very strict eating routine, apparently, and if he takes too long getting to her. Then she starts like grumbling and she'll be like, like all these weird Wookiee like grunts and stuff telling him, you're late, buddy. (laughs) 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 But yeah, uh, Shang-Chi, long story short, I I enjoyed it, but I think I enjoyed watching it at home with my family more than I would have trying to sit through it in the theater. I I don't really know how to describe it, but it it it's a good at home movie. That's the best way I can put it.
1: Yeah, I I haven't. I've been to the theater a lot lately, a lot more than I was last Same. year, which was Same. nothing. Um, but no big crowds, thankfully, because I I really don't want to be crowd. But I love a packed theater. I love seeing it with people, and so that's what I've been missing, just like seeing it with. People and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to showing this to my family because they're like, I'm like, it's a kung fu movie. It's a Marvel kung fu movie. This is Everybody cool.
0: Kung fu fighting. Oh boy. Okay. So fast as lightning.
1: <laughs> can Can you possibly? I hate to ask you this. Can you hold down the fort for like two minutes?
0: Oh, the the internet problems. Have I'm gonna a- go
1: fix it really quick and make this show a whole lot better. Hopefully
0: fingers crossed you you don't lose the stream yards because i don't know if i'm able to get you back in or not it may be longer than two minutes is it possible to like connect the hard wire and like switch internets once it's been attached to I the computers i don't
1: think i will lose connection i don't okay okay, but, okay what do you think though Gamb- am i gambling this
0: I I don't know, but I'm going to take a look at the chat because we've had a really active chat tonight, and I haven't been giving it enough attention. So I'm I'm going to go to a few people in the chat while you try and and, uh, and tend to this. So uh, apologies, everybody, that that we haven't been chatting with you as much. Um, But uh, imagine if Andrew Garfield wants to redeem himself for not saving Gwen if that happens, says Joel, talking about the uh, Spider-Man trailer. That's exactly what we were implying, dude. And and I really hope that it comes to pass because that would be... Uh, really, really amazing, really heartfelt, almost as heartfelt as some of the stuff that I experienced uh, during Ghostbusters Afterlife last night. Ben's not on the headset, so I can say stuff like that, but oh my gosh, the final scene, so heartfelt. I freaking loved it. And I'm not even a huge fan of the Ghostbusters franchise. So uh, I, I I love heartfelt callbacks that like harken to previous films. And I really, really hope that that Garfield does get his chance uh, in in this movie that that would be really really cool um talking with uh, with our friend jesse one of our top patrons here on the program uh cinematically i thought it was a great movie i'm intrigued to see the incorporation to the greater marvel universe yeah same dude like that that's one of my biggest uh question marks overall is because it stood on its own two feet so well like how do you incorporate it like is is he just gonna you know show up and be trying to fight celestials or something? you know, using the Ten Rings? Or is the, the uh, you know, the fact that it's such an ancient artifact going to be like a contributing factor? Is it something that was created by Celestials or something? Like, thinking about some of the possible tie-ins to something like Eternals or Multiverse of Madness, you know, there's a lot of different directions they could go as far as the history of the Ten Rings is concerned, but it just barely gets touched on. So I feel like they're trying to set stuff up for like a, a, a Shang-Chi sequel that's going to focus on like a indiana jones type of historical search uh into uh the the ramifications of the 10 rings but i just i don't i don't know where they're gonna go with it yet uh toronto freddie what's up boys he says shang chi was effing amazing i'm not gonna say the whole word because it's a pg-13 podcast but thanks for showing up freddie always a pleasure having you around Uh, visually stunning, cannot forget Morris. Not forgetting him, dude. We're just on like a rapid fire sequence tonight, just trying to get as much in in 10 minutes as we can. And sometimes stuff kind of goes by the wayside. It's not that we're forgetting, it's just we're not doing the whole two hour discussions tonight. We're doing uh 10 minutes at a time. Uh, it was awesome watching it in the theater. You know, Freddie, you've got a different perspective though, man, because Toronto and, and Canada in general is a lot tighter uh, as far as like capacity restrictions and and how open the community is compared to Texas like like straight up I'm going to be honest Texas is probably like the most open region in the states and if you look at our statistics you know it, it that that statement kind of backs itself up just looking at some of the CDC numbers uh, it's it's not an ideal situation but we have seen Recent declines, like in the last week or two, which I am encouraged by. But overall, you know, there's very few places left in Texas anymore that have any kind of mask restrictions that have any kind of you know vaccine requirements. There are a few businesses that will inquire about it, but like my business doesn't, and so it's just it's 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 a very interesting time that we're living in, trying to like you know decide is it safe enough to go back to the movies is it safe enough to be out in public without a mask on some people say yes some people say no some counties even like dallas county is saying no it's not safe enough yet and they're like requiring masks in the city of dallas but not in other places and and so there there's just a lot of a lot of debate and a lot of questions about capacity and i think local movie theaters are still kind of showcasing that because I went to go see ghostbusters afterlife in the theaters on opening night last night. And it was a theater that could hold, it was an IMAX theater that could hold maybe 150, 200 people. And there were maybe 15 to 20. And I was, I was genuinely surprised at how low it was for opening night. I was like, this wow. this is this is not what I expected for a movie that was this anticipated, but I do expect Spider-Man to have way higher capacities. Like I think you said on social media, Ben, that this is probably the most anticipated pop culture movie since The Force Awakens. Um I mean I, I, I think Endgame would probably be a pretty close yeah. competition to that, but I, I'm I'm up there with you. It's like a top three most anticipated movie of the decade. And so I think that is when we're going to see uh a lot more fuller movie theaters. I think that's going to happen next month.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, it's no way home I think is going to be like the thing. I other people I'm not the first person to say this um that it probably the first film post pandemic post we're still in the pandemic um to make a billion dollars. Like that seems the likely scenario
0: well i mean uh, it's just there's so much hype and 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 look at how a a so-so film like the eternals has done worldwide it's made over 300 million in its first like week two weeks something like that like it's I the know, first rotten rotten tomatoes movie i just i i i'm still trying to decide how how i feel about this movie and i guess this is if if you're good with it this is a good time to like go into uh our our third yeah. rapid fire discussion will be the eternals 10 minutes on the clock for this one because you know the, the 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 financial numbers don't seem to back it up but i'm not going to do too many spoilers yet okay for those of you that haven't seen it yet you can fast forward 10 minutes in just a second here in three two one all right 10 minutes on the clock eternals I'm I'm, I'm going to let you lead off, dude, because uh, I, I really am still unsure about how I want to feel about this movie.
1: It's funny. I went into this movie having no expectations and no hype for it. I didn't know anything about these characters. And I was like, ah, they're making an the Turtles movie. I don't know what this is. And I'm really not that excited for it. Like, I even thought about especially after starting to hear some of the reviews, I'm like, do I even want to bother seeing this in a the theater? I mean, I'll just wait for it to come on Disney+. Plus. Um, and then, of course, the reviews kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and they weren't very good. And I, I don't just talk about, like, critics' reviews. I talk about, like, personal reviews of, like, people that I know that have seen the movie. And, like, that's the one here that, you know, Whoever has seen it, if I hear – we, I think, communicate a lot about movies. You've told me, don't go see that movie. I'm like, okay, I won't. <laughs> like, and that's basically how it works. So I trust my friends, and I heard a lot of my friends go, ah, it's not good. So I'm like, okay. And then I went to see it, and I'm like, I like this. I actually like. I really enjoyed it, and the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it for some reason. And I'm not saying this is anywhere near like my. This even- probably not going to be cracked my top ten like Marvel movies of all time. Like it's down on the list, but I did enjoy it for what it was. I think it's a movie that yes, it's overstuffed. There is just long scenes of just plot and exposition just being told to you and thrown at your face.
0: <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. No, no, no. You you saw nothing.
1: All right. All right. I
0: didn't see anything. You. I didn't see anything. I didn't see You especially didn't see my girlfriend walking <laughs> behind the camera there.
1: <laughs> um but uh you know it, it yeah it's it's a lot to take in. It's it's two hours and thirty seven minutes. A long movie. It, it feels long. It's so but much. But there is some very interesting things. I like what they do with the characters. I like that they were very bold with like, you know, yes, it's cliche to like, okay, they were the bad guys all along, and they were they were setting up to do bad things, but like having I didn't see the Icarus twist coming, I didn't see that coming at all um, oh, for I'd, some
0: reason. I- i saw it a mile away
1: (laughs) see that's the difference between you and me that's the difference i was oblivious so you know that's that that's the thing that like i kind of seem like they're doing and also the fact that the characters died i'm thinking like eternals they're going to be immortal they can't die and the fact that you get several of them die i'm like okay that's interesting that actually raises the stakes like there were some scenes where like this character could die because I've seen other characters. die. I've seen other, other Eternals die that raised the stakes for me personally, but I know that's not the case for everyone. So I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> uh,
0: it, I think, I think I had a problem with the stakes because they were kind of all over the place. You know, they, they, it, right now in this moment, like in the present day, the stakes are high enough that an eternal could die. But over the course of human history, that's never been the case you know we, we see so many different pieces of of human existence and some of the worst pieces of humanity the the the, the genocides that happened in central and south america and you know some of the wars that happened and the, the the construction of babylon all of these had the potential to have really high stakes and you never lose anyone and then all of a sudden you get to the year what 2020 And suddenly that's enough. Like, like like how, how, how is like this any different from anything that's happened over the, the the previous 7,000 years of their time here. And they kind of glossed over the whole, why didn't you intervene during anything else? Like, it was like one or two sentences like, Oh no, we're we're not supposed to intervene unless, uh, unless deviants are involved. Like, that's kind of like it's it's to me reminded me of star trek's prime directive where you you don't interfere with the affairs of inferior cultures until you learn that they have warp capability that they can go faster than light speed and and that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way i was like the the morality of these eternal beings should supersede you know the 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 cause and effect of what's going to happen to this civilization. And you see certain characters that want to be a part of it. Like, like Cersei who, who finally decides, you know, the extermination of a planet is, is not worth it for our, our end goals. But then Icarus is like, um, yeah, it is. And so some of it was just tropey. Some of it had really, really weird. And, and, and just stakes that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and these stakes were over like the fate of planet earth like the planet itself because somehow some way the earth is actually just a giant freaking egg like it's an incubator an incubator that- that's all it's supposed to be like planet earth is so much more than that and i i just I don't know. I guess there were just a lot of pieces of it that that frustrated me more than more than encouraged me. There's a lot of people in the chat that are talking about how it's it's not a Marvel film but that's what I like about it. Honestly, that's kind of what I don't like about it. And I appreciate that they tried to do something different. I really do. I I appreciate that it wasn't just another action comedy flick. Like, they tried to provide a serious tone. They tried to do world building. They tried to do character development. They tried love interests. They they had a, a, a homosexual marriage uh, showcased in there. Mm. They had their first sex scene in Marvel history. Like, there's a lot of pretty groundbreaking stuff that happens in this movie. I just don't feel like it was executed as well as it could have been. And and I'm not trying to say that I could do better than Chloe Zhao. She's an Academy Award winning director. I'm not saying I could do better. And this is why I'm so torn on this movie. Because I know for a fact I could not make this movie better than she did. But I also know that there are just some, some plot things. Some execution things. Some pacing things. That... I, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I, I don't have great tangible ways to say it because I've only seen the movie once. But yeah. as far yeah. as Marvel movies are concerned, it's kind of probably in the bottom five, the bottom 10 for me. The rewatchability factor for me is so incredibly low. I'm just, I'm I'm not a big fan of this film. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I think the nature of this movie being so different and being that it's like you're saying, it's not an action comedy per se. It's more of a, more cerebral, more it's, it's slower paced. There's not as much comedy, you know, it's not as much action either. You know, it is more about kind of a, I don't know, the human experience is more about, you know, examining that, examining humanity, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to hit home with everyone. And also, you know, yeah, it's very convoluted. Like, it's very, like, there's, like, they spend a long time, like, setting up and, like, explaining, here's the Eternals, here's the Deviants, here's all this stuff. And then they spend another 20 minutes, like, explaining, okay, here's what's really going on. Like, the Deviants were created by the Celestials, and then they had to create the Eternals to to fight the deviants oh that was a big whoopsie but yeah the earth's a big egg and we got to do this whole stuff like it's a lot it's a lot i can i can i barely kind of grasp it myself as a marvel fan as person who is kind of smart and could do it it's i can only imagine someone just walking in this movie never seeing a marvel thing before going like whoa okay i don't i can't compute this this is too much
0: it's it's super convoluted. It reminded me a little too much of the Inhumans storyline.
1: <laughs> well, that's not a good thing to be reminded of.
0: There's there's a lot of Inhumans vibes from from the stuff that I saw here, particularly some of the the you know some of the giant creatures and some of the uniforms and the costumes and the the stakes and the character interactions and even having Game of Thrones alumni in the show. You know, you had Game of Thrones alumni in. Uh, in in the Eternals, and now you've got them in, uh I mean, in the Inhumans, and now you've got them in the Eternals as well. That is crazy. Uh, the, the, the mid-credits and post-credits were the things that intrigued me the most, to be honest. Like, that was the part that really hooked me in and made me realize it could have some deeper connections to the rest of the MCU. But I had to suffer through two and a half hours of that stuff before I saw the interesting stuff in the credits. Like, all I really needed were the credit scenes to set up the scope for the rest of the MCU. I don't feel like I needed two and a half hours of everything else.
1: Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. It it definitely, I like, I am very intrigued by like what Dane Whitman's doing. The fact that fricking blade was at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like that's a whole.
0: Yeah. Like those were the things that intrigued me the most. And those are the things that, you know, it, it took the longest to, to unfold. And so it's a, it's a very slow burn. It's very complicated. And it just it wasn't for me, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the nature of it. But I you know, um hopefully this upcoming Spider-Man movie is gonna be for everyone. I hope I'm it's not, not controversial.
0: Enjoyed it, by the way, I am not trying to knock anybody else's experience of it. I, I, I just personally did not resonate with it the way other people have. I
1: I, I I am in the minority here. I am totally like the amount of people that I've seen like trash this movie have been so many like the fact that i enjoyed it i think i enjoyed it simply because i had such low expectations i was like this is gonna be okay at best and then i was like oh that was all right okay i enjoyed that so i think i think my expectations when i go in with high expectations that's
0: when i'm gonna get disappointed if i went in like oh this
1: is gonna be incredible you know it wouldn't have worked out
0: See and and I had no expectations for this movie but I also had no expectations for Shang-Chi and I feel like Shang-Chi executed better than the Eternals did. I
1: I is not... oh, I I I is, is at it, this one, I is
0: I better movie I Okay, well, let's let's get excited for something again, like like something that we can both nerd out and geek out about. It's uh, it's the main topic uh, that's on our on our background photo behind us there. (laughs) And I honest to God don't know how we're going to get this in in 10 minutes, but it's the it's the new trailer for the the new season of Camp Cretaceous season four coming out in just two weeks. Can you believe that? It's um, insane. today today's the 19th and it uh it debuts on december the 3rd so two weeks from today we're gonna get a whole lot of answers but right now we get to do a whole lot of speculation so uh 10 minutes on the timer i'm ready when you are
1: yep let's go
0: all right in three two and one so they finally make it off the island they, they, they finally start celebrating that Ela Nublar is behind them. You start thinking, what's next for Camp Cretaceous if they've spent three seasons on this island and they're no longer on this island anymore? What do you do? Oh, well, here's a great idea switch islands. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're going home. No,
1: they're not.
0: <laughs> Psych. And here's the thing that's got me the most psyched somebody wrote Colin Trevorrow um, during the initial responses to season three and they asked him, what's your favorite episode of the series? And he said, it's in the next season.
1: Yeah. I heard this. I'm like, what does that mean?
0: That, that is the part that, that gets me excited because that means there's something in here. So exciting that the executive producer and the director of the 2015 movie thinks is the best part of this show. It's happening in this season which means the show may or may not be hitting its stride. All of that really, really excites me.
1: I mean, we get this new trailer and there's so much going on. Um, We get seemingly a shipwreck again. And, uh, you know, they're on this new island. We assume it's an island. Um, There's drone. There's a new scarred up T-Rex. There's other dinosaurs. Um, there's robot dogs, like there's all kinds of stuff, and there's the
0: Spinosaurus. Uh, He's
1: back.
0: Okay, so is she back or is she new?
1: That's the thing, it looks so much like the Jurassic Park 3 one that, and it feels like they would do that, even though I am a little disappointed. This is not uh Isasorna. Um, I feel like there's other stuff going on that maybe Ingen was doing, or maybe another company, and mm-hmm. they got that Spinosaurus. Also, I think it was our, our friend, our buddy Mando, who's like, "Um, can't the Spino swim?" I'm like, "Wait yep. a minute, you're right. It can't yep. swim. So, like, what if it just went to another island?
0: It couldn't swim. Same as the Mosasaurus can. So, yeah, it's totally possible. It's just that from the toy lines that we have seen, and then what we see in the trailer, the skin tone looks darker and and greener more earth tones than the one that we see in jurassic park 3 but it's also been 20 years so who who knows what happens to the aging process of a spinosaurus over the course of 20 years so there's plenty to speculate on that there's plenty that's up in the air but i think what's interesting to me is in the trailer it talks about um a new island and and so, to me, that verbiage could be a new island to the campers or a new island to the viewers. Because if it's a new island to the campers, then 100% it's going to be Isla Sorna. But if it's new to the viewers, there is an entire archipelago called Las Cinco Muertes. Yeah. And it could be one of the other ones. It could be Mantanceros. It could be Pena. It could be Tacaño. There's plenty of islands around here that, like Mondo said, the Spino could have swum there, and we're on a completely new environment. We're in a completely new place that we've never seen or experienced before. And that kind of intrigues me almost as much as being on Sorna does, because if you recall during some of our Jurassic uh, arc discussions, one of my predictions was that they were going to end up on Isla Sorna eventually. And I'll feel really vindicted if if that you know comes true. But if we end up someplace different, I'm not gonna complain either because it's like new dinosaurs and new experiences, you know?
1: This uh you know, if it's if it is a new island, like that's interesting. If it's not a new island, if it's actually Isla Sorna like or one of the other islands, like stuff's happens because like there's drones, it's like desert on part of it, which we've never really seen before. Right. Um, And there's also like these video wall things that are happening. It's like the volume from the Mandalorian, but it's like with things and like, what's going on there? Like, is this Island even real? Like, is it like an artificial Island? Like some kind of VR thing? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm curious about.
0: So Joel Davis sent us something in the chat that can contribute to this conversation. Jurassic evolution to the game said that the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3 is dead and was the statue that the T-Rex destroyed in Jurassic World.
1: Whoa, I did not.
0: I had never heard any of that before. I also don't know how much canon the Evolution games contain. So that that, that is one thing that we would have to ask a couple of friends of ours who play the games more than we do. I'm just not a gamer, you know, unfortunately. And... um. I don't know how much weight that's actually going to hold. But even if it is a new Spinosaurus, we're going to get similar mannerisms. We're going to get similar attack patterns. And the drones, as you mentioned, are a pretty big deal in this because we see them basically corralling predator dinosaurs. We see something that resembles a Rex getting corralled in one of the clip shots. And then this screenshot that we've got has the drones flying around the Spino. My theory is... Not only are the drones like the technology being used to help protect the Wranglers so that, you know, you're not risking human lives unnecessarily, but I'm betting that it's got some squid game vibes to it. And they're actually pitting the dinosaurs against one another in some sort of fighting ring that is being catered to the filthy rich.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading, I'm reading on the Jurassic park wiki. Okay. Um, there's a section of the uh spinosaurus um should i read this or should i not
0: yeah but by, by all means we've got a couple of minutes left
1: okay i'll read this really quick um it says a spinosaurus skeleton reconstruction more like the fossil record creature and less like the Isla Sorna clone was mounted in main main street of jurassic world the middle of it was smashed through the by the tyrannosaurus rex so they're they seem to be like saying that it's not that one. So it says like more like the fossil record creature and less like the Isasaur clone. Okay, so, it's
0: not. So there's some contradictory so it's stuff like, here. It's like a 3D model of it or something based on the genetic makeup from the one that was created in three. Like they've got the genetic pattern. They just didn't recreate the dinosaur, they only recreated the bone structure so that they could have that display at the park.
1: And as we know, the Jurassic Park dinosaurs are not necessarily uh, scientifically accurate. They even address right. that in the movies to say, like, right. you just wanted to be scary. You didn't want
0: it to be realistic. So, like,
1: right. that's the whole thing.
0: Okay, so going, going back to my theory, because I think it's a good theory, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. The theory of the drones not just being corral tools, but also being used to guide the dinos into, like, a fighting ring for the filthy rich. Do you think that could what happen?
1: Is this dino-squid game? Yes. Like, is this uh, yeah. like that? that I, I think that's a really good possibility. I think they, they have to start exploring these different ideas, like how dinosaurs would be used or, better yet, exploited in right. a world where dinosaurs are real, they exist, they've been brought back, and they've been brought onto the mainland. We don't know what's, they don't know if stuff's been happening at this point. We know that Camp Cretaceous has caught up with the events of Fallen Kingdom. How right. far we have gotten into it, who knows? Right. But, uh, you know, there, there's dinosaurs and there's also just dinosaurs in general, the cloning technology is there, they could be anywhere. And what if you just have another Island where they're just like doing this? And that would explain like the different environments and the video walls and they keep them in these enclosures just, and like have the video walls around them just to keep them, you know, like docile because they look like their environment. Like that's interesting.
0: Yeah. That that's part of the reason why I feel like there's some kind of shady under-the-table dealings that could involve the Filthy Rich, much like the ones that we saw in Fallen Kingdom. You don't set up a VR fortress on an abandoned island off the coast of Costa Rica if you're not having some sort of shady dealings going down. So, I I feel like this has something to do with Manticore, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it had something to do with the Russians that were at the auction in Fallen Kingdom.
1: There's a lot of stuff going on, like that whole auction thing, Mm-hmm. is, like, so many implications for, like, where oh, yeah. that could go, and, like, oh, yeah. where did the, all those dinosaurs go? They're, are they going to be, like, there's so many implications, like, that's what I'm curious about with, like, Dominion. Like, I want to see that movie, and it's still oh, a year away, but, like, for crying out loud, it's just so...
0: But m- the nice thing is we get at least this season, and it's expected maybe one more season before we get to Dominion. So there's still plenty of Jurassic mm-hmm. content yeah. out there, And we're going to get this new season in two weeks. So yeah, there's a lot of excitement based on this trailer and there's plenty of opportunity for speculation, but we're going to get our answers in just a couple short weeks. And I'm excited for that.
1: Very, very excited. Coming up very quickly, a lot quicker than I expected.
0: All right. There it is. Hey, we're, we're keeping on time. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty stoked about how, how on time we're keeping. Um, So These, uh, these these next two that we've got on the show notes, I I, I kind of want us to maybe mush them together because I don't know if I've got, um, ten minutes to cover on each topic, but I felt like they were worth mentioning because they both happened, uh, during the release of you know a lot of announcements and and special features and things like that from Disney Plus Day, um, that was just earlier this week, wasn't it? Like, wasn't it Monday?
1: No, that was that was last Friday. That was a week ago, almost a week ago. exactly.
0: A week ago today. Okay, well, I was close. I, I remember, I remember being on the road for work and like hitting the refresh button on Twitter just to see what kind of stuff was happening. But I forgot if it happened. Um, I mean,
1: it wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> it wasn't a whole lot, at least from the Star Wars perspective.
0: Um, no, not, but, not- uh,
1: We 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 got some good Marvel stuff and some good Disney stuff.
0: And some decent Pixar stuff, which is what we're going to touch on here. Yeah. The next segment is going to be some of the uh, Disney Plus Day stuff related to um, Pixar, and so uh, it's going to it's going to talk about Turning Red, and it's going to talk about the new short Ciao Alberto. So if you haven't uh, seen either of those, you can skip ahead uh, ten minutes from now. But uh, that's what this next rapid fire segment is going to be about. If you're ready, Ben, I'm going to count us in. We'll go in three, two one all right so the interesting part about um uh, ciao alberto is I'm, I'm i'm assuming because i added this to the to the show notes you got a, a chance to see it but if i remember correctly you still haven't gotten around to seeing the movie it's based on have you
1: no i watched this like a few minutes before the show and i have not seen luca yet um but now i i, I... Kind of want to because this is a very sweet, cute little short. Um, very short, so I I recommend like anybody give give it a shot. Um, mm-hmm. it's really short. Um, it's called. Cool. Check it out, but yeah, it's very very good. Um, it kind of gets me intrigued about the whole like situation with uh, with Luca and the whole premise of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, I, I'm guessing you're okay with a with a mild movie spoiler. Um yeah. Ba- yeah, Sure. Ba- basically Luca grew up in the ocean, uh wanted to live amongst people. It's a very little mermaid type of vibe. Um, but by the end of the movie, he actually gets an opportunity to uh go to school. And so he wants to go and learn about people, he wants to learn how to be people, but his best friend, Alberto, doesn't think school is for him. And so he stays behind in the town to hang out with one of the local fishermen who was in the previous, in the in the movie. And uh, so they kind of started bonding and that's part of what you get to see in the short. Um, but you get to see a little bit more of the town. You get to see a little bit more of Alberto's personality. Um, you you get to see what kind of trouble he gets into when Luca's not around to bail him out of trouble, essentially. <laughs> and you you actually get to see some of his more anxious side, which is something you don't see in the feature length film. Um Alberto's usually a very confident character in the movie, but there are several times in the short where he keeps asking, am I fired? Am I fired? Like, like he doesn't know exactly what his limits are and he keeps accidentally pushing them, but the people of the town keep loving on him anyway. And I think that's a, a really in- endearing storyline is it's it's essentially unconditional love, like yeah. even even when you make mistakes, the people still love you, and and that I think is something that's definitely worthwhile in in driving across, even if it is like a seven minute video.
1: Yeah, I I love the messaging of it. And he's 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 such a screw up, he screws everything up, but uh, is his dad as as he comes to know him in the end. Um, you know he he's he's very uh very standoffish, but you know they they kind of make a bond and they they make a connection near the end. Um, it's like okay, you know you 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 burn the boat, but we're gonna fix the boat. It's it's okay, it's okay. Mm. Like I, I love, it's very very sweet.
0: Like that is that guy's livelihood, you know. Like that guy is a fisherman. He needs the boat, and that's the one thing that ends up getting affected and it's it's so interesting to see how much the 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 like the dynamic doesn't change even though it has the potential to
1: Yeah, exactly. I I love that.
0: So, it's a it it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a cute short And it's, it's worth seeing, like you said, it's only six or seven minutes. They've actually got some really cute shorts on Disney plus that one and auntie Edna are two of my favorites, the one that they made for Incredibles two. And I'm not saying that because I've got a girlfriend named Edna, like it's actually a a really good short. So, Um, but but yeah, Yeah, that one, that one was really cool. And then actually, you know, you, you said you watched Ciao Alberto right before coming on the show. I actually watched the trailer for Turning Red right before coming on the show. So, like, that one oh. is, is pretty fresh in my mind. And I think the one thing that stands out to me about that trailer is that it's a unique story. Very. there, There is no story like it in Pixar or just about any other type of storytelling that I've ever seen. And I appreciate the heck out of that. In the world of Monster University and Cars 3 and Toy Story 4, it's not a sequel. It's not a spin-off. It's not something that we've ever seen before. It's a completely original, unique storyline that has the potential to have the same type of heart that you get from something like Inside Out, but also the potential to have some kind of great mystical energy um you know shape-shifting type of energy that you get from something like brave so uh, i i i appreciate you know the inspirations that it seems to be drawing from but also really like that it's something seemingly original
1: I I love that like you you just trying to explain this movie to someone Mm -hmm. like instantly like kind of endears you to the plot of like well okay it's it's kind of like the Hulk but it's a little girl (laughs) and instead of turning into a green monster she turns into a giant red panda and you're like what and you watch this trailer like okay I get it okay it's okay I'm on board with this like it's it's so and I love that like it's it's more about it's more about growing up, obviously kind of a coming of age story for this little girl, but also yep. it's not about like people being afraid of the red Panda because I don't know if you've noticed red pandas are freaking adorable. Okay. They They're like the most adorable creatures on the face of the earth. They and are. the fact is she has, it's more like just an embarrassment thing for her Getting into this big creature. And you're like, Oh, it's a red Panda. <laughs> like you know it's not the sphere thing um it's just it's just a great little premise and so i'm like okay th- you got me pixar again this right. is crazy i don't know how you came up with this but uh i'm on board
0: can you imagine being like in the writers room trying to come up with a story for this like like how how high must you have been to have come up with like okay it's a it's a it's a tween girl who you know hormones is going to make her have really extreme emotions uh so when she has these really extreme reactions to stuff let's just turn her into a 12 foot tall red panda just like think about the
1: confidence that this requires to make this movie the confidence for someone to come up with the idea and stand in front of a room of executives and go like here's my idea for the movie and then those executives to have enough confidence to go like okay, that sounds good. We're going to make this into a multimillion dollar motion picture and people are going to watch it. And you're like, how do you do that? I would be like on day one going like, this is dumb. No one's going to like this. This is dumb. There's no <laughs> way. Anyways, like, but like Pixar, I guess at this point, they're just like, we're Pixar. We can do whatever we want and mm-hmm. people will watch it.
0: Well, they've got some really, really talented creatives on their staff too. Like Pixar is kind of like the show these days, you know? If, if right. you're on the writing staff at Pixar, that means you have like worked your way up through the ranks and you have earned the ability to help write lines for movies that are going to make a billion dollars. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I listened to this podcast called Parks and Recollection. Oh, it's, like an, it's like an episode by episode review of the show. And one of the hosts of the podcast was one of the original writers of the show. And so oh, wow. every episode, he gets to take you as a listener behind the scenes and listen to what the creative process sounds like when you're writing the script for a sitcom. And he said a lot of times they were just doing sporical articles, the, the, those games where you got to, like, fill in the answers to, like, you know, what were the the top 100 songs of 1986 or something like that. Like, they were playing those types of games a lot, but it was also meant to, like, inspire Their creativity. And so he talked about like bouncing ideas off of one another and how, you know, there was one or two people that had the final say, but then there were some people who were like getting the writing credit for that episode. Like when you go through the credits, it'll say written by so and so. And those people who were like in charge of that episode got to have the final say on certain scripting decisions and stuff. And so it's just, it's interesting to see how collaborative a writer's room can be. And, you know, even though it'll say screenplay by so-and-so, there were probably like a dozen other people that helped come up with the idea for this movie. And I got to give all of them props because, like I said, it's completely unique, completely original, and it's definitely something that I'm intrigued to see somewhere down the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very, like, uh, you know, Pixar, it's just like, that's the studio to watch. Like, you're just like, okay, what are they doing? What are they working on? um and just very you know so like i'm like yeah red panda movie here we go let's go i'm 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 game pixar you got my money take it okay all right all right
0: wow we uh we actually we actually got that um (laughs) we got we got both of those taken care of in in one 10 minute segment i'm actually kind of impressed we we did we did good there um, okay, this one's going to be a little bit more broad and I really I really don't know how this one's going to go to be honest because <laughs> we were talking about a couple of of Pixar things that happened during Disney Plus Day, but obviously there was a lot of other stuff that happened um over the course of that day as well. You mentioned a lot of Marvel stuff. There was a lot of She-Hulk that happened, there was some Hawkeye stuff that happened. Um what do we get we got like a a a still from moon knight we got you know a a whole bunch of marvel stuff we got a a um just a couple of star wars related pieces which i'm sure the underworld covered in great detail um and and then uh there was stuff from national geographic which i was really confused by but i mean chris
1: hemsworth is hosting a show will smith is hosting a show like they got all the like they just get the giant star and go put them in the in the wilderness
0: i guess it's 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 so it's so out there there's so many things that are happening here but i mean we got to see some kenobi concept art um a lot of new releases like shang chi jungle cruise sweet home alone that kind of stuff so the next 10 minutes are going to be dedicated to like some of the biggest things that happened and some of the things that we're most excited about from Disney Plus Day. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, Uh, I'm going to count us in, in three, two, one. Okay, obviously, we could just redirect people over to the Underworlds page to listen to all of the in-depth Star Wars discussion (laughs) that happened, but to sum up, How much or how little actually came to pass from the galaxy far, far away? And how much is there to actually be that excited about? Um,
1: There's still a ton of things happening, apparently. We only got two things on Disney Plus Day. Two things! Okay, they're two really good things, but just two things. Um, Mm. We got the Obi-Wan Kenobi scissor reel, which leaked before Disney Plus Day. (laughs) Hmm. And so, and we also got on Disney Plus. Day we got uh the Boba Fett underneath under the helmet.
0: That 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 documentary, which was
1: great, which was really good. That's about it for Star Wars. And then we got some Marvel reveals and stuff like that. So like there was some good stuff, but uh, it was a little bit underwhelming on the Star Wars side.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was more meant to be like mostly about marvel but oh hey chao alberto is now on disney plus and oh hey there's a boba Fett documentary wow. so it's 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 disney plus ah, but like i would say probably like 80 90% of it really had to do with some of the stuff going on in the marvel cinematic universe and here's here's the interesting part and and i really don't know how to feel about this like i feel kind of good just based on my experiences with things like wandavision and loki but in the next year to you know, year and a half, there's gonna be a crap ton of MCU content happening exclusively on Disney Plus. Yeah. Where if you're not watching She-Hulk, you're not gonna know what's happening in Eternals 2, essentially. Like, like it's Very gonna much. be it's gonna be so interconnected. It's gonna have so many hearkenings to, you know, other pieces of the mcu whether it's within or without of the disney plus content but there's about to be so much of it that you basically have to be subscribed to disney plus in order to keep up with marvel and i think they made that abundantly clear with things like uh spider-man freshman year agatha house of harkness marvel zombies secret invasion um what what was the other one? We got uh, Iron,
1: we got Iron Heart, full uh,
0: um, Echo, like oh and, my gosh!
1: And we actually got a little bit of a look at She Hulk and um, Moon Knight, which I'm both of those I'm very excited about. Yep, um, one having Oscar Isaac in the MCU just great. Um, I also I know nothing about Moon Knight, something about Egyptian gods. I don't know. All right, I'm going in blind again, so I'm excited. Um, and then She-Hulk Oscar also Isaac. like what is going on with
0: this speaking of Oscar Isaac we're going to get to touch on him in the next segment just kind of teasing y'all a little yes, bit yes we will yes we will but i uh, i'm 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 intrigued particularly with She-Hulk because uh i feel like there's a lot of potential particularly in the uh possibility of bringing back certain characters from Netflix's Marvel um the, the stage is set, according to a lot of people who know Marvel Comics better than I do, they, they say that the stage is set for She-Hulk to end up interacting with characters like Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk. And <laughs> yeah. that intrigues the heck out of me. But I'm also in this camp of, if you're going to bring back uh, Daredevil, he either needs to be in feature-length films, or he needs to be on Hulu, because I don't see his type of content—the type of content that we got from the Netflix Daredevil stuff—I don't see that content showing up on Disney Plus. So it's I
1: really could I, how they handle it.
0: I could see him making appearances in things like She-Hulk, and possibly, you know, only being available for like the martial arts side of things. Because if you if you do anything else with that type of character, you almost have to do it on a platform where it's okay to be dropping F-bombs and showing boobs and stuff like that. Like it's it's just it, come on, man. The first season of Daredevil had someone getting beheaded by the door of a car.
1: Yeah, never forget that. That's, that's never in my brain forever.
0: You're never going to get that on She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, Echo, Secret Invasion, Hawkeye whatever ends up on here loki season 2 doesn't matter you're never going to get something like that on disney plus so the, the 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 number the quantity is definitely there but if we're if we're looking at like how nitty gritty these shows are going to be i'm still on the fence as far as just how much they're going to be able to cover and how much they're going to be able to reveal if that makes yeah. sense
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting how they they handle all this. I think I think it's past time for not only to Marvel to kind of broaden their settings and like stuff that's more adult oriented. That's that's yes. that's more characters that are more mature and whatever else. I think it's also past time for Disney Plus to kind of, for lack of a better, better term, grow up a little bit, and you know do some more mature stuff and look say so, yeah, not everything. Is oh, they have they have they have Spider Man movie, though they actually don't, but they have other stuff, they have Marvel movies with dick jokes (laughs) and lots of other swear words in them. Like it's not all for families, it's not all Disney squeaky clean. So let's just have a section of Disney Plus that you know and just have it. You know disney plus kids and and you know that's not for kids um Daredevil isn't even that bad, I don't think it's just a little bit over the line of what I think you would expect. It's a little more bloody, a little more language um a little more a lot more violence um I just hope that they're willing to like and I hope that they understand that like people are gonna expect this. they've seen Daredevil on Netflix, they know what this character can do and and what this character what kind of world he's been in. Um, I think it would be a disservice to him to just go, okay, now we're gonna, you know, Disney fy him and make him all squeaky clean and he's just gonna look like everyone else. Like the reason people like Daredevil is because it was something different, a little more darker, a little more mature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think on international platforms there is going to be a section that's that's going star to Star is
1: star is a big thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because you're gonna have some of those um 20th century studios originals like the alien prequel and that's going to end up on star internationally so um obviously uh an an alien series is not something you would traditionally see on disney plus but it is something that will be in a certain subsection internationally i would not be opposed to seeing like a certain subsection that you could stick things like maybe she hulk or echo or uh you know secret invasion something like that or even loki you know, I think I think Loki has grown up enough that it could be yeah. in one of the adult sections if it needed to be. Um, but then on regular Disney Plus, you're also going to get things like a Baymax series. They're reviving the 97 X-Men series. Uh, Tiana from Princess and the Frog is getting her own uh, her own thing. Zootopia Plus is happening. And then here's the one that I'm personally uh, pretty excited for. This is supposed to be like the thing we're most excited for from Disney Plus Day they are bringing Owen Wilson and Larry, the cable guy back to have a lightning McQueen and mater adventure in a series next year called cars on the road. Out of all the announcements that have been made, I'm actually pretty stoked to have like a serialized set of cars adventures. Uh, I know that um, the, the, the monsters Inc show was kind of hit and miss for some people, but I I feel like Cars is a beloved enough franchise that it has the potential to have some some pretty good successes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I just hope I hope they start broadening things out. I think Disney Plus would be a more appealing platform if you had, you know, a section for darker more mature stuff. Maybe Eternals is is the thing. They've willing to, to okay a sex scene in a in a in a Marvel movie. So maybe this uh, Disney turning a page and going like okay we're gonna do the family friendly content that's always gonna be a thing for us but we can also do other things too.
0: Yeah yeah that's true. They also gave their first look at Hocus Pocus two with Bette Miller, Sarah, Jessica Parker and Gabby and Jimmy. And honestly it looks freaking on point. Like I, I didn't that's even incredible. really grow up on on Hocus Pocus, yeah, but man. I, I'm totally watching the second one. <laughs> like I'm going to do a double feature just to see all of them get, you know, excited about playing their roles again. I, I, I love it when they revive stuff like that. It's amazing. And then also the ice age franchise is coming back. Um, They got this thing called uh, adventures of Buck wild and uh, the return of Simon Pegg to the franchise. So yeah. uh, there, there's a lot that's going on. I, I know we're almost out of time and I, I want to give the floor to you to close it out. Out of the things that Disney Plus Day announced, which one it you the most excited about? Oh,
1: okay. Shut up. Um, not you. Not that it was the timer. I was still in the timer. Shut up. Um, uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight is the thing that I'm most excited for because I know nothing about it. And uh, like the whole idea is supposed to have like multiple personality disorder. And that looks like it's something that could, it looks more like Daredevil. It looks more mature and more like he's in the bathroom like, beating some guy up i'm like
0: yes give
1: it to me give it to me
0: i am in favor of abuse no i'm not
1: <laughs> violence violence
0: give me more violence yeah i'm like
1: um, mr bones now yes violence
0: okay uh it, it wasn't really talked about a whole lot during uh disney plus day but i think it's also worth mentioning because it's also being mentioned in the chat um light
1: yes
0: I'm really recently. I'm really stoked for Lightyear to be honest. I love it. I love it. Like basically the the synopsis that they gave or, or not the synopsis, not, we don't know the plot of the movie yet, but like the way to think about it essentially. In the Toy Story franchise, the Buzz Lightyear that we see is the equivalent of an Iron Man action figure going on adventures. Yeah. In this movie, right. in this movie we're actually watching Iron Man
1: I can't wait to spend, like, a full hour talking
0: about Lightyear because um,
1: oh. I can't wait to watch it because it, it looks probably, great.
0: It may be a whole episode, dude. That may be a two-hour discussion, to be honest. I
1: genuinely think – and I, we talked a lot about it. Uh, Joel and I talked a lot about it uh, a couple weeks ago. But basically, I my theory is this could be a whole new, like, gargantuan space fantasy franchise for Pixar. Like, I think this could be huge – they're going to open it up to, like, Star Command and Zerg and all what's going on in that universe. Like, I think we're going to see some really cool stuff. Um, And they're, they've they grounded it, but not grounded it too much.
0: And I think it's going to be really great. I'll say this. I am completely on board with that idea as long as we get Booster and XR back.
1: I I see no reason not to bring them back. Not Get, get, get them in there. Get all the stuff from the old cartoon in there.
0: I got a laugh from the other end of the room. From my, (laughs) we I showed her a couple of episodes, and those two, their character dynamic is just ridiculous. Like their their comedic level is just like so high up there. It's it's uncanny. It's ridiculous. That's Um, so. If if we get them back, I'd be really excited. But I like the idea of 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 having like a a light year verse. Almost as long as Chris Evans is on board. uh, I'd like a whole trilogy, man. Totally. Absolutely. Do it. Uh, okay. Let's take a breather for just a second before we go to the next Oscar Isaac discussion and just talk about our Patreon. Um, Very, very grateful for people like Joey Mays and Jesse Bennett for their support. There are a few others as well, but they are both at the shout out friend tier, which is available at patreon.com slash IPC podcast. If you're looking for some exclusive group access, some behind the scenes info, you want to influence discussion topics on the show or whatever else, then you can do so by going to patreon.com slash IPC podcast. And uh fun fact, uh Jesse, who's in the chat tonight, has his own show uh called Question Possible Answer. And um it's it's a it's a really, really great show. Uh he he and his co-host always have like really, really meta discussions and it's super fun. Um
1: I was on the most recent episode talking about solo story story. It was great.
0: Oh wow, I forgot about that. I saw someone I think I think Jesse posted it on the page and, and was plugging your appearance, and I was like, "Dang, that's awesome!" Um, but he says, "Come join us as we discuss some of our favorite movies with a twist. Ignoring the canon, every question is on the table unless the answer is given in the series. We introduce our own fun theories and possibilities, and you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Question Possible Answer and Question Underscore Possible Underscore Answer on Insta. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Pat uh, Podcasts, and other." podcast services it's a great listen it's 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 a it's a great listen it's a great show and he's he's a great partner um i know we haven't been doing ripc lately and that's on me because of all the the football stuff and the grad school and things like that but uh we are going to be bringing that back so um looking forward to doing that with you again soon jesse thank you for your support thank you joey for your support thank you to everyone who hangs out with us um so it's it's a it's it's a good time here on on the IPC and it's good to be back, man. Reading that stuff off, it reminded me of like the the readers that I would do during football games. Um there there were some though that were like super long and super drawn out and I would like fumble over my own words sometimes. Like it's it's good to be able to be a little bit more casual and laid back about some of those readers <laughs> yeah. and not have to sound like announcer dude all the time um so coming coming back to the discussions we teased with the with the little uh moon Knight stuff that we're excited about oscar isaac and uh he was a a pretty pretty leading character in a certain movie that i don't think anakin skywalker would want to come anywhere near
1: No, this is not a uh, this is not a Skywalker friendly movie. Um don't think Anakin would have appreciated this one.
0: Probably, probably not, but I definitely appreciated it. Um let, let's go ahead and get ourselves lined up for a discussion of the movie Dune. Uh I've got the uh a little ticker thing ready to go here. Yep. And uh For those of you who don't want to hear spoilers about Dune, you might want to jump ahead for about ten minutes, because we're going to start talking about it in three, two, one.
1: And there actually is quite a bit about this movie you can spoil, because pretty much everyone dies!
0: Oh, man. And that's that's part of what really confuses me about this movie, is it's supposed to be the first of what's supposedly a trilogy, Yeah, but how are you going to do that when you've only got like 3 main characters that survive out of like 15?
1: Such a great cast and so many of them oh, gone dude. so quickly. Dude, it's awesome. Um,
0: like like I I personally feel like Jason Momoa like kind of stole the show a little bit. I loved him. I was so disappointed when Duncan died. Man, that was so Duncan was awesome. Loved him. Uh, the, the 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 mystery behind Zendaya's character was also really really cool. Right. And then Oscar Isaac I really liked his portrayal so good it as as the patriarch you know he, they they let him kind of showcase his gray at the temples and a little bit of a of a graying beard and it worked it really worked him as the head of what was it house of I think is what they're called him as yeah. the yeah, head right. of of house atreides was a really great choice uh, i I really I liked the casting in this. I liked the visuals, really great sets, really great locations. The worms really great CGI with them. Like there, there's a lot of praiseworthy elements uh, to, to this film.
1: Oh yeah. There's this movie stunning to look at, Mm -hmm. see it in the theater. If you can, if it's safe, because it's amazing to see on a big screen. Um, and, you know, so, you know, just, just an amazing, amazing film. Denny Villeneuve is, is one of the best working right now. One of the best filmmakers and, uh, you know, seeing, seeing him get to do this was, was, was amazing. Um, and like I said, the great cast, but, and, and they really, they, they are very confident with this. They're, they're like, okay, this is part one right out of the gate. Um, yeah. And their part two is coming soon um and i'm assuming we'll get more cast members i'm not sure i not read the books i've let it a little bit into the lore and history um but you know that was after the movie and that that really like watching the movie like i want to learn more about this because it is such a deep lore this is i would compare it to like lord of the rings like that like this Tolkien stuff of like this really deep they're not necessarily throwing stuff at you and like trying to explain it to you they're like okay this stuff's happened this is a real world Mm-hmm. And you know, there's an emperor way off in the distance, and you know, there's all this stuff happening. We're just focused on these House Atreides and what they're doing, and you know, it's very deep, and just the whole aesthetic of it—the the, the personal shields and everything like—it's so sci-fi, and so many really great ideas that I think are so well executed um, and so stunningly beautiful. I mean, the movie is just gorgeous.
0: I'm I'm totally getting it on 4K. Uh, oh, you got to hundred percent getting it on 4K. The 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 visual components, like I said, are are just stunning. The stuff on the ships, the the stuff in the temples, uh, every everything like the the, the cavern where they have the 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 fight at the end of the movie, um, it, it it's just it's all just so beautiful to look at. There are some overarching, you know, what I would call money shots that happen in this film that are just freaking gorgeous. And, you know, I think that's, that's a testament to, to the writing and the directing, being able to come up with the right sets and the right locations to be able to film this in. But it also takes a really great cast to be able to execute it because something, something that I've learned recently is that a a film gets made three times once in the writer's room, once on the stage, when you're shooting, and then again in the editor's room like there's 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 three different creation stages that happen to get to a fully formed product and i feel like they just hit it on all three phases you know they had great source material that they tried their hardest to be respectful of they they went out and they they found some great locations and created some great sets to be able to uh, accommodate the actors that executed it. And then it was very well edited. The, the worm CGI didn't look overdone. Um, some of the fight sequences that happened uh, between some of the warring houses, uh, it, it felt very real and immersive. Um, th- there was just a lot of really, really engaging stuff in here that, like you said, you get dropped into this and you start feeling like it's real you start feeling like it's it's attainable this is something that could actually happen and to to me it feels kind of like a blend of like the 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 feudal lordship and and complex storytelling that you get from game of thrones but also some of that attainable futuristic sci-fi that you get from star wars it, it, yeah. it like like there there are a couple of those different types of vibes and components i'm not saying that this is Tatooine that they're on necessarily but i am saying that there are a lot of things that remind me of other franchises while also allowing it to stand on its own two feet which is really impressive
1: yeah it's you know trying to deal with all that the fact that this is a new film But the source material is so old, and it's been around for so long, and is and has influenced so many other things, namely Star Wars. Um, and uh, R.I.P. to all the people that went. Hey, I think this is copying Star Wars. (laughs) R.I.P. to those people. Um, go go do your research. But uh, you know, it's uh, it is very you know, this is highly influential. I think they did a really well job of like doing it, and, like, obviously there is stuff that influences other things, but, like, it's its own thing, its own aesthetic, and it's very much, you know, about establishing this universe. Right. And, yes, it does, you can see those connections, but I feel Dune feels very Dune. It doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's a Star Wars rip off or that ripped Star Wars, ripped it off. Right. It feels all its own thing, which I appreciate.
0: hmm Yeah, they're, they're like, I wasn't trying to say that it is Star Wars or anything like that. It's, it's more like, the most comparable comparison that I could make would be Game of Thrones meets Star Wars. It's not that it is Star Wars. It's not that it is Game of Thrones. It's definitely Dune. It's 110% Dune. And Dune and that,
1: is Dune. The other things uh, are maybe a little bit Dune.
0: <laughs> right, maybe, yeah. But I think that's a testament to Villeneuve. I think it's a testament to to the players like Dave Bautista and Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet. Like, there are some some really great execution perspectives that allow it to flow a lot better than a lot of other movies do. And I can totally see why it would be up for movie of the year, why it would be up for best uh, director. I can see why it would be best uh, adapted screenplay. I could see why it would be, um, you know, best cinematography, best costumes. Like there's a lot of things that this movie could be nominated for and potentially win. Because it's it's just hitting on all the right notes. I'm sure it had an extortionate budget, but it just it feels so worth it. Like, the more I talk about it right now, the more I want to go back and watch it. And, like, the only movies I can say that about this year would probably be Dune. And maybe something like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, the, there aren't a whole lot of movies that I'm like, I gotta go back to the theater and see that. But Dune is definitely one of those.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Danny Villeneuve and all of his uh, team are going to rack up at the next Oscars. I just I have that feeling uh, this has Oscar bait written all over it, and it's not even Oscar bait. It's just a good movie. No, it's not it's a beautiful movie.
0: It's not. I like that term Oscar bait because there there's definitely a movie coming out that is completely Oscar bait. And that would be um, House of Gucci.
1: Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah
0: how gucci is just it is oscar bait on steroids but that doesn't mean i'm not gonna go see it i mean adam driver al pacino and lady gaga i don't even care about the gucci line all that much but the stuff that i saw in the trailer was really intriguing so give adam
1: driver his oscar already
0: i'm telling you man i'm i'm telling you he's long overdue he should have gotten it in that movie that he did with Scarlett Johansson, and he didn't, and I was I was pretty pissed about that. But um, I think this could be it. I, th- I think this could be it for him. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. But overall, I know we're coming up on the last minute here. Um,
1: Twenty three seconds.
0: Yeah, Dune is a great movie. Uh, probably one of the better movies I've seen all year, and one of the very few movies that I actually want to go and watch a second time. I've got AMC a list. It's not going to cost me anything. I- I'm already paying the month-to-month subscription. It's just going to cost me, you know, a couple of hours of my time, and I'm willing to invest a couple hours of my time to go back and watch it again.
1: Again, it's a long movie. It's it over is. two and a half hours, but I would recommend, like, if you can get to a theater, get to a theater. If you can't, um, just settle in, turn your phone off, get sucked in, just let it wash over you. It's a really, it's a, it's a, just getting immersed in that universe is
0: is great, and the visuals will just blow you away it really it really will
1: okay all right hey
0: timing again we're actually doing pretty good on this whole rapid fire idea tonight for for the most part we're we're keeping I it i think
1: it's worked out pretty darn well i think uh we may not get to every single thing we want to talk about of course we could be here all night talking about everything else because right. so much stuff happening. but uh we've we've gone down the list
0: we've, one, we've done two, pretty darn good one two three four five six seven different topics. So I mean that's that's pretty darn good. Well, uh, uh, here's
1: the thing though: the only other two things on the thing are stuff that I have not seen. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's Perfect. I hate to I hate to just put you on the spot here, but it's kind of it's kind of all you.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That that's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I don't need a full ten minutes for this. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put myself on the on the stopwatch thing. I'm probably gonna do like maybe five minutes total, five or six. Because I know that once you do see it, we're definitely going to have our friend Joey Mays on this show to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's a that's like a guarantee. He's been like the whole weekend. Like you haven't been able to find Joey Mays. He's been he's been gone because he's been at the theater like all day and all night watching and rewatching Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I've seen pictures and I'm like, I'm so happy for him. I can't wait to get his thoughts on the movie. I can't wait. I've heard so many good things, but uh, yeah, we're gonna do a full on discussion. That's a given. That's happening.
0: Um, but I want to hear your thoughts about, yeah. like, spoiler free thoughts on yeah. Afterlife. Yeah, um, more or less, this is the Ghostbusters edition of the Force Awakens. It, it is something uh, that has been it
1: gave me that vibe. So yeah, I hear that.
0: It, it, it has been long anticipated. It has been hoped for. It has been worked on and reworked on, and I can honestly say that uh, it it's up there with Dune for like one of the better movies I've watched this year. Not as far as like the cinematic quality, like the Oscar winning quality that you would get from Dune, but the entertainment value for this is like an eleven out of ten. All you have to do. The only thing I would recommend is watching the first ghostbusters movie so that you kind of remember like the character names and things like that um but but this this isn't this isn't a spoiler necessary this is this is just something that's going to like entice you to go watch it um one of the characters in the movie gets arrested or detained depending on how you want to look at it (laughs) and they they talk to the officer and say don't i get a phone call and the officer comes right up to the bar and is like, yeah, you sure do. And then pauses for dramatic effect and goes, who are you going to call? <laughs> it was so great. It was
1: so. Oh, wait, whoever wrote that satisfying. deserves a raise.
0: It was so satisfying the way that they were able to weave that into the script. That it was amazing. freaking awesome. The whole place just kind of erupted with applause. It was so perfect. Like it was cheesy, but perfect. And that's kind of what this movie is, is it's got some comedy. It's got some heart. It's got some recollections to the original movie. Uh, It's got a conclusion that will leave you both cheering and misty eyed at the same time. Like it is just firing on all cylinders and Paul Rudd is a great addition to the cast. Like he fits that that Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd wry humor perfectly. And and like just fits seamlessly into this franchise. And so uh like this is another one that I kind of want to go back and see because it's going to be a while before it's on disc or on streaming and I want to see it again before that. So uh it was it was really, really great. It it was it, it had heart, it had action, it had comedy, it had a great finale. Like i I have I have very few complaints about it. There's one part towards the end that I feel like got drawn out more than necessary, and there are a few characters who probably uh deserve more screen time and a few other characters who deserve a little less screen time, like that sort of thing. So my initial thoughts didn't give it a 10 out of 10. It was like an 8.5 or something like that. But that's still really, really high initial impressions because Eternals had like a 6 out of 10 or something like that. <laughs> so right. uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed Afterlife, and I look forward to talking about it in greater detail with with you and Joey when the time comes around.
1: That is very, very encouraging. I can't wait to see it myself
0: yeah and then i know you're gonna see it probably between now and and the next time we we get together but um
1: hopefully hopefully this weekend hopefully as soon as maybe night maybe maybe or maybe thanksgiving weekend maybe they'll have some mm -hmm. free time then
0: yeah yeah we'll have some time off during the holiday break that'll be fun um i'm actually i'm actually taking the day off for black friday first time in like a couple of years that i've had the day after thanksgiving off so i'm gonna have like a four-day weekend it's gonna be freaking awesome just uh,
1: stay away from Walmart. Take a vacation. Oh, no, 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 no! Not Walmart. going
0: anywhere near Walmart. No, <laughs> no, heck
1: no! no I, you know I don't want to hear about you getting like stabbed or or, or shot I've over got, over I've already got tissue a tissue or a TV.
0: I've already got a a thirty-two inch ExtendO screen for my computer. I've got a thirty-two inch flat screen in this room. I got another thirty-two inch in this room. Like. Basically, every room in the house already has a TV. I don't need another TV. All right. I am good. But I did enjoy watching the premiere of Discovery Season 4 on my TV. Um it basically picks up immediately where season three left off. Like they they've been doing stuff um, to try and help rebuild the Federation from the aftermath of the burn. And they know they've discovered dilithium and they're trying to disperse it to other Federation members and stuff like that. And discovery because of its black alert, its spore drive has been able to just jump to different places to deliver dilithium. That's been their job for a while now. Um, But then they get a new mission in this episode And so there's like a a combination of like investigating weird scenarios and also trying to figure out how exactly the Federation is going to rebuild and stuff. So it's like this first episode is like a transition out of season three and introduces the new season four threat, essentially, Hmm. but leaves you on a on a pretty big emotional cliffhanger that makes you wonder if time travel is going to be involved again.
1: Oh. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm Cause... I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to leave it at that because the the scope of what happens makes you wonder if the event that transpired is in fact reversible. But the only way it would be reversible would be if time travel was involved, which as we know according to the temporal accords time travel is not a viable option in this timeline so do you violate the temporal accords in order to rectify this big thing that happened at the end of the episode or is our crew going to have to live with the repercussions of what just happened
1: one of the i mean i like i've i've loved discovery i think season 3 that we just came out of right um that was the most interesting and i love that season because of the time travel aspect i think it was brilliant what they did with Mm -hmm. that show Mm -hmm. of like you know and kind of like we always wonder like why did they go all the way back before the original series why did they do all this and that 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 you know season two confirmed it and, and established that hey we're going to the future this is great and i think season three used it brilliantly um but going forward it's like okay the time travel aspect is kind of a part of the show are they gonna lose it are they gonna bring it back so like um i might need to go watch that right now um i might need to go re-sign up for paramount plus and watch that right now because i'm very excited now and i'm glad that this goes back and um man that you got me you got me stoked
0: it's it's interesting It, it it's got some like federation politics involved which i really don't care for but i understand why you need to have it um but for the most part you're just kind of picking up where the crew left off at the end of the previous season and like transitioning your way into a new adventure and i'm here for it so that's awesome uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. So yeah, be on the lookout for a special episode dedicated to Ghostbusters afterlife. We'll probably do like a season four synopsis, like a season four recap when Discovery is all the way finished. There's gonna definitely be a Camp Cretaceous discussion somewhere along the line.
1: And we're we're not gonna talk about that Spider Man movie. We're just gonna skip over
0: that. Oh yeah, you I know, forgot about that. Doing. Like that's gonna be a thing too. I guess we're gonna have to talk about Spider Man at some point. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, who wants us to talk about Spider-Man? Come on. It's not like he's he's popular or anything.
0: We might have to go back to a weekly format for the month of December with all the (laughs) we're going to be doing. Jeez, Louisiana. (laughs) maybe We'll do like special pop up episodes or like a New Year's special or something. Who knows? I don't know what we're going to do about all that. There's there's so much to talk about in so little time. But I'm glad that we got to cover as much as we did in our rapid fire discussion tonight. Um, We got one more rapid fire discussion to talk about and uh this one's this one's going to be a little tricky because i know we're running short on time so we won't do the full 10 minutes but we will try and do like a rapid discussion more or less and um i'm hoping it doesn't get too political but it might so Ooh,
1: spicy, uh, yeah, spicy.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's get to it. If you're still watching live, we appreciate you and we want you to get out your hashtags and start using them. If you are listening after it's been recorded, then start using them on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. It's time for another edition of hashtag barbecue watch. Barbecue, 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 barbecue. Barbecue it. Barbecue it. Barbecue it. Barbecue
1: it. Barbecue it. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue. Barbecue. Barbecue.
0: Barbecue. Watch.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so, I actually had some barbecue today, which I haven't been eating a whole lot of barbecue lately and I and I don't really know why. But um mm. today I stopped at Bucky's because I needed gas and I love Bucky's. And so I I, I, Bucky's. I I went I went to one of like the six Buckys that are within driving distance of where I live and um I I picked up a soda for 89 cents. It's like a 32 ounce fountain drink for like 89 cents super cheap they've got these um different types of chips and stuff that you can get two bags of chips for two dollars and it's like house-made potato chips with different flavors and seasonings on it like most of what they've got's a, a pretty decent bargain but then i went and i picked up one of the barbecue sandwiches that they have if you've seen pictures that i posted before or videos that i posted before I I tend to, you know, uh showcase the little barbecue stand that they've got within the store. Yeah. They're actually like hand chopping the meat and like like uh doing little scoops of brisket that go onto the sandwiches and they wrap them up, put a sticker on it, put it on the heat plate right there in the middle of the walkway. Like barbecue's a pretty big deal at Bucky's and for years I've been working at this ATM company for two years now, two and a half. And whenever I go to a Bucky's, I would pick up a barbecue sandwich and a soda and a couple of bags of chips, and I could have the whole thing for under $10. Today, my total was over $10. And I got really, really confused until I realized that their sandwiches had gone up in price. Uh oh. For the longest time, the sandwiches had been $5.99. And you could get the sandwiches off of the rack for $5.99, and some of them would actually be made with pickles and onions on the sandwich, which is, to me, really great because it's, like, free accessories just built right into it, extra flavor, extra vegetables and whatever. Now, you have to order the pickles and onions separate, and they give them to you in, like, these little solo cup containers with lids on them. And they're all so busy, I feel bad interrupting them, but that's a whole different conversation. But today, the sandwich that I picked up was not $5.99. I had to look at the sticker in my truck to figure out, you know, what, what's what's the difference? Turns out their sliced brisket sandwiches went up in price by 99 cents a sandwich. So instead of being 599 they are now 698 per sandwich at least Mm. mine was and from what i can tell the quality has not increased the amount of meat has not increased the only thing that has increased is the price but i'm fairly certain the beef that they get is from like local ranchers and stuff. So we really can't blame like the, the ships that are off on the coast in California. Like my, that was my first thought is like, everything is kind of going up in price right now because of all the stuff in the Harbor. Like that's just, that's just a fact of life right now. But what I don't get is why it's more expensive. And as somebody who's in the industry, I was hoping that maybe you had some insights. Has the purchasing of beef gone up in barbecue restaurants recently? Is that just a thing that they're trying to compensate for? Or do you feel like they, as a big business, just arbitrarily decided to see if people would pay $0.99 more per sandwich, and they were right, and it paid off for them?
1: I would... I am, I am no expert here. I am no expert here. I know I look like an expert. I know I should be an expert. You've only been in the barbecue
0: industry for 20-something years.
1: I know, I know, but uh, you tend to pick up a thing or two, and then you don't pick up all the things sometimes, <laughs> all right? So, uh, But from my slightly more informed than the usual person's opinion, I would say this is not the fault of Bucky's. I would not necessarily okay. jump to the conclusion that this is Bucky's trying to make an extra buck, if you will pardon <laughs> the pun. Um, because I know for a fact meat prices are crazy right now. They are absolutely crazy. Um and you could be right. Like you could be right that there's something like that, but Still, that stuff has to go through processing and stuff like that. Right. Um, It has to be – to go to a processing plant, go to a thing, go several trucks back and forth, and end up in your sandwich. There's a lot of moving pieces, and I'm not so sure that would make things better. I just know that I think beef especially – in fact, fun fact, right here at my little barbecue restaurant, um, beef is – more expensive, you get an upcharge on beef. Interesting. If you order a beef sandwich, it's an upcharge because beef, not just pandemic, but pre pandemic, beef had skyrocketed. It was so okay. expensive. Um, and so, like, I don't think that's the problem, but there is other problems. Another problem is uh, chicken wings. Um, mm-hmm. We had
0: wings. Look Keyboard at it. had. Look, look at um, wing stop they've had to turn into thigh stop
1: <laughs> well we don't have wings anymore mm. we, we don't sell them we had to take them off the menu wow. because they're just super expensive wow um, and like that's all i know from like i hear that like oh yeah meat prices are sky high i don't know exactly why this is happening i don't think meat is sitting on we obviously aren't shipping in meat from overseas this right. is stuff that's made here in this country so, like, what is the deal? I don't know. Inflation's going all over the place. You know, we're we're coming out of this pandemic, kind of, mm-hmm. but we're not really. And people are spending more money, and things are going. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Um. And I, I would, if you, and this is a word of advice to anyone. I wouldn't necessarily, if you see a business hiking up prices, and you say to them, hey, look, I'm, I'm paying more for this. But I'm not getting any more for this. I'm getting the same thing, but for more things. I understand, I completely understand, like, where you're coming from there. Anybody would be like, hey, I, what's the deal with this? Like, asking questions. But I would give, I would be cautious and give, give, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt to the individual businesses. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I think most of them are doing the best that they can. Um, Bucky's is pretty big, but they still yeah. have to, like, they can't just give beef sandwiches away. Um, so they're probably dealing with stuff that we're dealing with that, you know, meat's just going through the roof right now. Maybe it'll come back down. Maybe it won't. Um, that thing you said about the fact that they like take they had like pickles and stuff on the sandwich.
0: They, they used to make them with pickles and onions on it, and now they have them like individually packaged and you have to like request them. I feel like that may be a COVID thing where the, the people are just handling less stuff. And they're like compartmentalizing it. Or maybe they just don't want the onion juices and the pickle juices sitting on the heat lamp for that amount of time or something. I, I really don't know what became of that. But I mean, it's it's a minor thing, but it's like a compounding thing, too. At an establishment like yours, I can totally like understand supporting small business profit margins. But I can't imagine Bucky's profit margins being that hit by what's going on. They're a huge place and they make hundreds of those sandwiches a day at each place. Like I just I have a hard time justifying it at a bigger place like that, at, at, at a place like your family's restaurant, 100 percent. I'm, I'm on board with supporting small businesses, but uh, it, it just I, I, I guess it rubs me a little the wrong way when a when a bigger place doesn't even make an announcement they just arbitrarily up the price by almost a dollar because when i was getting it before i'd be like oh hey it's under six dollars and now i buy it and i'm like oh hey this is almost seven dollars like like 99 cents doesn't sound like much but when you're looking at it as under six versus almost seven like i i don't i i can't justify it i can't even quantify it properly but that's the way my mind was working when i was looking at those prices today
1: yeah i think a big red flag that i would look out for is like if you see it like if the portion's getting smaller like i don't think even if <clears throat> say for example your prices are getting like really crazy that doesn't mean you I don't think you should cut back like right. serve the same thing be consistent yeah. but if you need to charge more to make a profit, like charge more for it. Yeah. But that's a red flag when you're like, you're charging more, you're getting less. That's gonna really turn people off. People love big portions. People love feeling like they're getting their money's worth. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people complain just about just rep random places, not even barbecue, just like like, oh, I used to go to that place, but their stuff started getting smaller and they started raising their prices and I didn't go back. And like yep. I, I get it. I get it. you, you want you, you want to get what you want for your money funny um and rich i don't know anybody that's rich do you <laughs> like you know we're we're all kind of strapped for cash these days um and you want to you want to you want to spend it wisely um and you know it, you kind of it gets frustrating when you, you feel like you're getting ripped off do
0: you mind if i ask how much uh, a beef sandwich goes for at your place as opposed to something like maybe a pulled pork sandwich
1: um you may ask i don't know off the top of my head but guess what i'm gonna go to the menu (laughs) and i'm gonna look it up
0: (laughs) my default is usually a brisket sandwich i'm just a brisket kind of guy but i didn't even look at like the turkey or the sausage or the pulled pork or anything like that for all i know those sandwiches may still be 5.99 it may not be something that happened across the board it may only be the beef sandwiches that got raised
1: yeah for some reason I don't see beef sandwiches. Did I make a faux pas making this menu? Because I made this menu. Oh, did I not put it on here? I know a okay. Just as an example, a pulled pork plate, which is like a a you know just regular pulled pork on a plate with sauce on it, is eight ninety nine, and that comes with two sides. Okay, the pulled beef plate is ten ninety nine. Okay, that's the that's that's a prime example of the difference. It's the same amount of meat but you're paying more for the beef because it's beef For the beef only because it's, beef. it's the same thing we've been serving for years and years and years. If, whether you get pork or chicken or beef, it's going to be the same amount with the two sides, but it's because it's beef. You're going to pay $2 more. The way it is
0: interesting. Well, I'm also trying to figure out exactly how much to budget because, uh, there's a chance I may actually get the opportunity to swing into Rob BBQ on the side next month. So, uh, I'm starting to scout out mm, the price range
1: mm, Interesting.
0: how much I need to spend when I'm on my little vacation next month. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am taking my last class in grad school right now. And it finishes the second week of December. So uh, sometime in December, I am planning a vacation down to Florida via... Mississippi. So of be on course. the lookout. Be on the lookout for maybe a, a pop-up Facebook Live or maybe just a live and in person IPC episode happening uh sometime in December. So that's something to look forward to. And uh there's just other things to look forward to here on the show. We mentioned all the different possible um episodes and discussions that we're gonna have. Um you can obviously find previous episodes online on places Like uh, Phantom Empire, all of our previous episodes we've done here on YouTube are in a little subsection here on the Phantom Empire channel. We've also got episodes uh, previously available on places like um, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We're also on CastBox. That's how my brother listens to the show. And we're on ipcpodcast.podbean.com. We have swag available online at tpublic.com, T-E-E like t-shirt, tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. And if you're interested in becoming a patron on the show like uh, Jesse and Joey and some other awesome people are, then you can hit us up at patreon.com, dot ncom slash IPC podcast. uh. Ben, I gotta say, man, this is this was a different format, uh, but it was no less fun. In fact, if anything, it was awesome getting caught back up with you on sci-fi and pop culture, and uh, it was just great to get back in the groove and get back in the swing of things. And uh, I'm I'm excited to be back. I think Matthias asked, please don't be uh, a one-off episode where you just you know pop back in for a little while, Zach. I can assure you, buddy, I am back for. Uh, a pretty decently long time Um, because I'm working on that master's degree. I I don't really know what's going to happen in 2022. I'm going to start applying for jobs, but I don't know what's going to happen until they happen. So until then you can find me right here and find me online at Z A C H the voice on all social platforms.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I can speak for everyone. When I say welcome back, it's so good to have you back. It's so good, to, good to get back in the swing of things, um, and we had so much to talk about tonight, and this was – credit to you. This is a great idea you came up with of uh, doing this rapid-fire thing, mm-hmm. and I'd love to do it again because we're kind of in a weird scenario here where we're doing the show biweekly now. It kind of works together with our schedules, but there seems to be more and more stuff coming out all the time, and it's hard to keep up with and kind of like delegate what we're going to talk about we can only do an episode every other week. Right. So this actually opens the door to like us to like talk about a lot of things. We covered so much tonight. Oh yeah. Um and there's so many things that I want. I would love to do an episode on Shang-Chi. I would love to do an episode even on internals or Dune or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and of course we're gonna do Spider-Man No Way Home eventually. Yep. Um there's so much other stuff, but this kind of gives us a way to kinda like talk it out. So uh mm-hmm. as always, reach out to us on social media, tell us what you thought um and what topics you want us to cover um because black widow is something we haven't even talked about that i haven't talked about black widow it came out about like a few three months ago i watched it and july, i haven't talked about it so like there, wasn't, it, wasn't, a lot. It, wasn't
0: it wasn't it july
1: i think it was my god it's been, How has it been so
0: long? july so that's august september october november that was a third of the year ago dude that's old news now
1: oh it feels like last month man this is not not good this year, and Christmas is next month. Come on,
0: <laughs> and we got thank Book you. of Boba
1: Fett, we got Hawkeye. What yep. is happening?
0: Yep, yep. See, we're gonna need another rapid fire episode in December just to talk about all of those things. <gasps> oh but in the God. meantime, Yo, Hawkeye gonna... take
1: Hawkeye stocks next week.
0: Right, right. uh In the meantime, oh, Jesse pops in on the chat saying you need to try the sausage; it's pretty good. Okay, starting to take a, a couple of notes here. Um, uh, I I've kind of stumbled over where I was going with this in between episodes. You can find us at IPC podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're also on Instagram, but I haven't been posting on there as regularly as I need to be. Uh, I'm just barely getting back into posting on my own Instagram page. So uh, we'll, we'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. But yeah. Be sure to follow Phantom Empire as well and check out the Phantom Empire den on Facebook to keep up with all of the stuff that's going on here on this channel. And uh, follow me at Zach, the voice on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. I'm also on TikTok, but I don't post a whole, whole lot there. Um, I'm also on Snapchat, but I really don't know how to use it. <laughs> I'm part of like two group chats and that's it.
1: <laughs> that, that, yeah, I don't know how to use Snapchat here. That's scary. I'm not attractive enough. I'm for just Snapchat. getting into TikTok. That's my,
0: I'm not attractive enough for Snapchat. That's my problem. So, um, yeah, go find me on those platforms. Go find us at IPC podcast on different platforms. And, uh, we'll we'll see you in a couple of weeks i guess yeah ben?
1: yeah uh, apologies for internet problems um tonight uh this was this was it it happens i guess i'm trying to avoid it um i think i screwed up something tonight but I, it's been mostly smooth on my end so i hope it was good for you guys um but uh yeah this was fun. This was a blast. I can't wait to come back in two weeks and talk about what we're ever going to talk about, um, and thanks to our producer, Sean, for staying up late um, mm-hmm. and uh, producing the show for us,
0: and yeah. A little birdie told me that he actually turned us loose for a little while and went upstairs and took a nap and then came back.
1: <laughs> well, can you blame him? Can you really nope.
0: blame him? No, I mean, all you do is hit live and we go talking for like two hours and 15 minutes or something. And
1: then look, if I if I was sitting here and I wasn't talking, I would probably fall asleep. Okay, that's just being honest.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. So good to be back. Thank you to everyone that listened live. Thank you to everybody that listens on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podbean, Uh, tunes in on the youtube channel after the fact we we appreciate all of you and we're looking forward to being back in a couple of weeks but until then hope you all have a great american thanksgiving and we'll see you on the flip good night everyone hit leave studio, and we'll edit this later.